general knowledge proofs uh, used to be very useful for like proving you know some kind of information and not actually disclosing it. But I think with CK rollups, we've proven that um, you can use that same mechanism to actually uh, save up on loads of verification and uh, data transfers. So I can just tell you, hey, I mined a block and these are the there are some transactions in it and everything is fine. Or here, here, here's my transaction. Everything is valid. I can prove to you and you don't need to do the all the extra calculations to make it to make sure that everything is actually true. So get ready. Get ready. You are about to join the crypto revolution the crypto revolution this is the crypto mastery podcast with kevin jones where we talk about the future of money and elevate your knowledge in the space What's up, everyone? This is Kevin Jones, builder and educator in crypto, and this is the Crypto Mastery Podcast, where we talk about the crypto industry and elevate your knowledge in the space. This podcast is brought to you by Speed Run Ethereum. Test your skills and learn how to build decentralized applications on Ethereum at speedrunethereum.com. Today, I will be speaking with Kuki from 3327. Kuki started as a Solidity developer six years ago, developing a smart contract mechanism for a decentralized protocol. Recently, he joined 3327, where he does research around different Web3 ecosystems and the technologies that developers use within them. With a goal to share that information with other members of the community, he's particularly interested in EVM-based architectures and ecosystems and their features. Recently, one of his growing interests has been on account abstraction. Really excited to hear about that. All right, let's get into this. Kuki, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited for our conversation today. Uh, it's been a while. It's great to see you, and, and thank you so much for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to see you, too. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think last time I saw you was at uh, DevCon, right? I think we were at like either the DevCon party or the ETH Global party. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was the DevCon party. We, we ran each other, saw each other in workshops or stuff on the floor. Oh, that's right. It yep. was real nice. Did you get, you, you probably yeah. catched one of my workshops or, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Well, yes. I'm really glad we were able to connect. Um, so, you know, for people that, you know, don't know you, uh, can you kind of give like your kind of introduction? Um, just tell me a little bit how you, uh, how you got into technology. Yeah, so I'm a Solidity developer and also um, a researcher at 3327. Um, I got into like when I, I had a buddy uh, in uh, like around beginning of uh, college and of high school that was really into crypto and day trading and stuff like that. So he like got me hooked onto a couple of things, but he was more invested in the economical side of things. And I started digging deep into like white papers at that time. I, uh, I remember I had a huge like uh, crush, <laughs> let's say on IOTA. I was really interested in the whole decentralized cyclic graphs thing. And uh, that that's how it all started. I was really digging into white papers and then I uh, found an internship 
purely by chance, uh, where I started working on Solidity development. And from there it worked, uh, I worked my way and uh, then I got invited to join 3327 to start uh, researching and uh, now I'm mostly just uh, reading and reporting on different technologies more than developing, but it's still super exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to dive more into 3327 because I think it's just what you guys are doing is really cool. Um, so where are you based out of? Uh, where'd you grow up? Yeah, I'm based from Belgrade in Serbia, uh, born and raised. I've been here all my life, so it's been pretty good. It's really nice to see that the tech community here is thriving. And uh, we have a couple of really good startups uh, that, uh, especially in the Web3 space, that 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 have grown and developed and it's really nice to see the community here yeah yeah that's awesome yeah um i definitely need to come visit you in serbia sometime i've, I've always wanted to go there so i heard it's a beautiful country um so yeah, you know definitely. going back to a little bit about kind of how you got into crypto um you know what when you first kind of saw it i mean you know you probably started out investing like most of us but like what was really exciting you kind of mentioned like the concept of decentralization was there anything else that like really kind of stood out um, with you on on kind of why crypto was kind of the future and and you kind of leaned into it? Yeah, I, I think like the whole thing that um, decoupling that the moment from money from government, having money that's actually owned by the people was the biggest factor that I believed and that I still believe that crypto is here to stay and that it's going to take off. And then uh, just because like, I do believe that people want something that they own and like we've seen how governments want to enforce more and more control. And I, I thought that this was a really big way for people to take back their to control, like, um, I, I see it similar to the fight for privacy recently, like, people, you know, uh, public surveillance and stuff like that, and digital privacy, of course, and people should educate more, themselves more on that and how to stay private. So this is just one aspect of it, of how you can uh, regain, like, your freedoms that you should be giving while governments are trying to enforce their control more and more so that's my biggest like interest of crypto yeah and i think also like you know just the inclusion that you get with crypto pretty much out of the box you know because it is this kind of decentralized network and anyone with a wallet you know can interact with the protocol um it really gives access to people to be their own bank right um and you know it's kind of unprecedented that that we have these uh digital ways of like creating currency that is resilient and secure and um and yeah so i think that's a huge part of kind of what it, why crypto has been so successful um, and i think it'll continue to be that way it's just because you know it's backed by this whole decentralized protocol and um you know the 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 smart contract mechanisms and uh ethereum virtual machine and all the all the good stuff that keeps the network running uh in a secure way is is great um, I want to dive a little bit into your interest in account abstraction and why that has been kind of a focus. Yes. Um, yeah, well, what, what yeah. I mean, I also feel the same way. I feel that 
there's a little bit of a barrier to entry for people in crypto. So like explain to people listening in, like what you mean by account abstraction and like what, what, why yeah. you think it's so uh, important. So recently there's been more and more talk about developing uh, abstracted accounts, which are smart contracts that can initialize transactions as opposed to only wallets being able to initialize transactions. That's my simplest explanation of it and what that gives people is the option to have uh, more functionalities built into their wallets uh, or uh, in this case accounts um, so why that i think we all everybody why why is everybody excited about that i think uh, it's just because it enables a lot of uh, uh, user experience features that we want to see that will enable a lot more people to get into crypto, um, such as like simple saving of passwords or like having it both secure and easy to use. Because I think right now with the private key and the passphrases and don't lose it or everything is gone forever is a very risky and very difficult to manage for like average users. So this is a way to have both have the security and the ease of use. And that's really interesting. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, and I, I believe there's some protocols that are kind of doing it now. Like one of those is Lens. Uh, I know that you can kind of enable kind of uh, some, some level of account abstraction for like posting, collecting and doing things on the Lens protocol. Are there any other like implementations that you've seen or is it still kind of too early uh, for those kind of uh, ideas to be, you know, take form? Yeah. I had the, uh, the like I had the opportunity to join a hackathon on uh, abstracted accounts on zk sync actually uh, that was actually loads of fun uh, my colleague and I worked on some plugins for the for exactly the that uh, functionalities that uh, abstracted accounts can have so you can actually pick and choose which functionalities you want your account to have and that was really exciting so i finally got to get my hands on that and to actually work with the technology and see what it can do and it was really exciting but it's also visible that it's pretty new like there's not a lot of tooling for it there's a lot of restrictions on what you can do and uh, we hit roadblocks like every other day something wouldn't work because it's too early and it's not well documented but when we got it to work man it was really exciting to see it work so yeah ziki sync i think also uh, starknet uh, has uh, has abstracted accounts uh, in some way. So yeah, those layer twos actually do have a couple, um, uh, abstracted accounts implemented. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, ZK Sync, uh, Starknet. Um, there's like a couple other ZK uh, rollups that I can think of, but uh, do you have like a favorite there? Cause you know, everyone's kind of like betting on like uh, certain ones. Some people are trying to say like, oh, you know, you know, toy around with all of them. I haven't really been able to get a straight answer on which one's going to win. Uh, or do you think there's room for all of them to kind of succeed in the future? Um, I think it's too, too uh, I think still it's too early to call. I think there's a lot of good, uh, like, I think everybody's still at the start. So we'll see who will end up the winner. But 
Yeah, but overall, I think uh, ZK rollups in general are definitely going to be the way to go forward for Ethereum. So whichever one win, <laughs> wins out or gets the most usage, uh, I'm pretty happy with that, honestly. Yeah. And and for like, you, you know, for people listening then that are kind of new to uh, the concept of like ZKs. Um, obviously there's a lot of like crazy mathematics that goes, uh, into like ZKs, but like from a high level, yeah. like what are, what are your kind of, um, feelings on why ZKs are so important for like the future of, uh, for, you know, crypto in general? Yeah. Uh, so zero knowledge proofs, uh, used to be very useful for like proving, you know, some kind of information and not actually disclosing it. But I think with CK rollups, we've proven that, um, you can use that same mechanism to actually, uh, save up on loads of verification and, um, uh, data transfers. So I can just tell you, Hey, I mined a block and these are the, there are some transactions in it and everything is fine. Or here, here, here's my transaction. Everything is valid. I can prove to you and you don't need to do the, all the extra calculations to make it, to make sure that everything is actually true. So saving up on computation on, uh, something that on a system that it's all based in checking everything uh, is definitely uh, saving a lot of time and energy and uh, CPU cycles for everyone. So, yeah, that's yeah. why I think it's a great thing. Yeah, and and additionally, you have the the privacy functionality that you get with with that, right? Uh, which is kind of just a, a natural win there. So yeah, I do think that that um, zk's in yeah. general are gonna continue to be very important, um, in the future of, of crypto. Um, so, okay. I'm really excited to kind of start talking a little bit about three, three, two, seven. So maybe yeah. for users that, that don't know three, three, two, seven, I was going to wear your shirt by the way that you gave me, but it's the logos <laughs> on the back and it wouldn't show up in the video, but, um, yeah. tell me about three, three, two, seven. Oh, you know, what is it? And, uh, you know, why was it created? Yeah, so 3227 is a research and development collective uh, as a part of MVP Workshop, but we also bring in, uh, accept members from other walks of, walks of life. Uh, and our goal is just to uh, work on cutting edge Web3 technologies and see what we can, what new things we can actually make there. And that's, uh, that's how it started. And so far, it's been going pretty well. Yeah, that's good. What's the backstory with the name? Uh, I'm just kind of interested. Like, how did you come? How did they come up with the name three three two seven? Or uh, yeah. can you give any insight there? <laughs> yeah, of course. So three three two seven is actually the apartment number of uh, Nikola Tesla in the New Yorker hotel where he spent uh, his last years. Uh, here in Serbia, we're all huge fans of him, of course, and especially developers and nerds and builders. Um, so this was like a homage to him and a nod to him because we, we follow his teachings a lot here. And we we wish to one day also, we strive for his genius. <laughs> we might not reach it, but we're definitely gonna shoot for it. And we're hoping for some inspiration if we give this respect to him, yeah. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, you know, having that, that ties to your, you know, your cultural background and, um, it's cool that you guys did that homage to him. Um, and, uh, that you're kind of using as inspiration, right. Uh, to grow, grow the company and grow the, the movement. Right. Um, that's awesome. So, uh, like what kind of technologies, like, do you kind of interact with on a day-to-day basis? Are you, are you doing, you know, you mentioned obviously your solidity, solidity developer, uh, are you mainly working with like smart contracts or, you know, um, what, what kind of work are you doing in, in terms of tech? Yeah, so uh, right now uh, it, it can vary. It can vary between usually for me personally, it varies between uh, either working on smart contracts or just like looking into the VM or some new features uh, of the VM. Um, but I also <clears throat> use, but I also work on various technologies just to like research them to, to see how they're working. Uh, I had a really nice uh, opportunity to look into Avalanche and uh, how it, it works. Uh, and aside from that, um, my job is mostly to, uh, to collect information from other developers to see what, what technologies do they interact with, what do they think that works for them or doesn't, uh, and to see how the landscape of technologies is changing for developers that are working on bigger projects than I do on in small research projects. Yeah, so it sounds to be like you're pretty tied to like the, the developer community in that sense because you're, you know, you're trying to figure out like what's working for people. Um, what are, what are some of the things you look at like when you find a new tool or a new protocol? Um, are there like kind of some like, you know, gotchas that you like? Hey, you know, this needs to have you know X Y Z, or is it kind of just different for for every kind of protocol? Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, one big, let's say, gotcha would be usually like testing and documentation. That those are the two things that I think uh, are make or break a project. Like it, it, you can you can have the best documented technology, but if people can't use it for testing, they they can't test it or they can't validate that it's functioning properly. That's a big issue, uh, especially for more serious projects. Uh, and the second one, uh, you can have the best technology, uh, but if I don't know how to use it and you don't tell me how to use it, then uh, I think that drives down the adoption and then you're shooting yourself in the foot like massively if yeah, you don't have good documentation or like some kind of guide or explanation or at least like a community. Uh, I think... People, uh, projects that do have like a Discord or somewhere where you can interact with people and ask them or just interact with other users of that technology. And that's a big resource for them. So yeah, that, that's a very big thing that projects need to have. Yeah, I think documentation like should always be like every engineer, that should be the first thing that they have to focus on is like, read this old documentation and figure out like, why was this bad? You know, why did we not do the, you know, do the right documentation um, so that in the future, right. Uh, you're, you're writing good, good readmes and uh, creating, you know, tutorials or, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to like help onboard those users. Um, 
I know like, uh, you know, I'm highly involved in like the scaffold ETH community. And like, that's one thing that like Austin and the rest of the build guild team is like, try to focus on is like the user experience as they go through and learn, a, learn how to use scaffold ETH. Um, so yeah, that, that's, yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, so, you know, given your, you know, you've probably seen a, probably a lot of cool projects over the last, you know, a mm -hmm. uh, uh, few years, what, what what have you seen recently that's cool? Is there anything that you're like super excited about for uh, uh, coming out in, in this year, or it's it's recently been released? Yes, uh, definitely. Like Polygon ID has been one very interesting thing to see, like uh, verifiable credentials and decentralized identifiers were uh, have been a long time coming. I know. I remember reading about them like maybe three years ago and like trying to figure out how they could work in our project uh, and now seeing them seeing them implemented on such a big project was really exciting to see so i think that's a big thing to that's gonna take take off um <laughs> not to like uh sh uh shill for polygon <laughs> but another one is uh polygon zk evm like having a zero knowledge evm was also a big break breakthrough for the space i was really excited for that um yeah and i'm really excited to see what argent wallet is gonna do with uh account abstraction i think they're really working on that uh like really heavily so i I'm really excited there what's gonna happen yeah those are all really quite interesting yeah. projects um and poly polygon is doing great and uh for any listeners uh that you know have tuned in uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast because i will have steph from uh polygon as well uh she's a developer advocate she'll be on in the coming episodes so uh, make sure you subscribe um yeah, and uh, I think I think you're right. Like s some of this like identity stuff is really interesting because you're able to kind of do some like you know human ties to uh, uh, an identity on the on the you know blockchain, um, and so that can be really good in the future. I think for like you know trying to protect against like spam and bots and stuff like that. Um, um, what other utility do you see coming that is really going to help, uh, or that ID and Polygon ID and like some of these other like um, account verification tools are going to help with like what what what's so important about that i think a big thing that web3 is trying to solve for right now is user experience having it uh having it easier for new like average users to to onboard into web3 to use it day to day to actually interact with people and uh, like use your wallet as as easily as you use Venmo or some other like money lending app. I think that's gonna be a big big thing. So anything that um, right now, I think that anything that uh, works with user experience or and making that end user experience uh, smoother, I think that has a huge potential right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the user experience is definitely one of the big things that you know, needs to be fixed in the space. Um, and, you know, a lot of the stuff you've, you've kind of brought up really will aim to kind of, to fix those, uh, those holes. Right. Um, so, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about going back to like three, three, two, seven. Um, 
one of the, I, I was reading on the website, one of the dojo rules, which I'm really excited about dojo rules. That's a really cool concept yeah. uh, is do, is do good. Um, and I'm a big yeah. fan of like public goods and like trying to help uh, support different communities. I'm involved in a lot of different communities, but like how does 3327 help support communities? Um, obviously you guys give a lot of cool um, research data. Um, but like, how do you, how do you support, is there any other ways that you support? And like, on top of that, like, how can someone get involved, uh, to be a part of that, uh, that do good that you guys, um, provide? Yes. So I think one of our biggest, uh, ways that we try to do good, uh, is to, uh, give out that information about what developers are using and what they're not. And uh, we do that through the Web3 technology radar. So that's our publicly available tool for assessing which technologies you might want to use for different uh, ecosystems, we call them. Like th those are networks basically. So uh, Polygon, Ethereum, uh, Solana, stuff like that. And so we uh, tried to research uh, what developer, what specific tools uh, or languages or platforms developers in that ecosystems use. And then we try to uh, gauge how useful it is. Uh, and so we, we, we had that all, all that information for our company to see okay if we're launching a new project which network we want to launch it on which tools which tech stack are we going to use and we were like okay this is something that's super useful uh for us and we were like okay let's do good let's do good and let's share this with other people and now it's publicly available for everyone to use we tried to give overview of different uh ecosystems and also like a we try to find a way to compare ecos ecosystems, even though like everybody, every ecosystem has its like uh, unique factors, but we tried our best. Uh, and in we also have those technologies. So we think that that's something that developers can really get a lot of value from and help them choose the tech stack for them. Yeah. Um, that actually brings me up another question. So, you know, there's a lot of different chains out there. Um, I, I tend to be leaning a little bit more towards Ethereum just because I kind of work with it a little bit more on a, you know, solid basis. Um, I'm still, you know, very fond of like the concept of like Bitcoin for like, you know, decentralized money. Um, but what other like chains do you think have room uh, in the future of crypto and blockchain applications? Um, or do you think, you know, there might be a, a future where it's like, Ethereum is going to be like the de facto um, kind of solution. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn uh, because I think over time, like Ethereum and also EVM based systems like Polygon or Layer 2s like uh, ZK Sync, like we mentioned, I think those are going to be the more dominant uh, networks in the space. Uh, like you, but um, I would like to see that that's not the case. Like I'm really interested in Cosmos and seeing that way of having interconnected blockchains would be really nice. But I think we're heading for a more siloed approach where you're either on the EVM or, <laughs> or you're not existing. 
Um, but yeah, my, my prediction is Ethereum is going to end up the biggest one just because uh, most developers are now focused on it. So I, I don't see that. I think it's reached a critical mass that if anybody coming into Web3 is, asks, okay, uh, what should I learn? Everybody's going to tell them, okay, you need to learn uh, Solidity and just get started on Ethereum because there is no point in anything else. So I think we've already reached the point where Ethereum is going to win out in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like when your friend asks you like, Hey, I want to learn a programming language. You know, 90% of the time you either tell them like Python or JavaScript probably, right. Which are like the two yeah. popular front end and back end uh, languages. Right. So I think with solidity, it's just like, it is the de facto one right now. And um, I think obviously Ethereum is performing uh, probably the best of all the cryptocurrencies. So it's the most popular. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's interesting. And I, it's hard to say, Try to predict the future, uh, especially in crypto. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, but I do yes, actually like this. definitely. Yeah, I do like this concept of like more decentralized networks that can like talk to each other, like you know, more modular style, you know, blockchain approach. Um, what are your thoughts about that stuff? Like the modular uh, blockchains, like you know, Fuel Labs and um, Celestia and stuff like that. Do you think those are? Uh, is Cosmos also a modular blockchain? Yeah, yeah, it's also interconnected, separate interconnected blockchains. Uh, yeah. So, do you think those uh, those I, uh, I, have have room for the future? Yeah, I would love to see it. Like, uh, I'm I'm hoping all the way that I can see one day Ethereum being like, hey, we're now compatible with other blockchains, like in some inter like. I don't know, Cosmos Bridge or something. Uh, and that that day would be amazing just to see that it can, it it's not cutting itself off from the rest uh, and just finding a way that they, that separate blockchains can function together is, might be utopian, but I would really like to see that it happens, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I'm really excited in the coming weeks. I'm also going to be talking with Cami from Fuel Labs. I'm not sure if you've met Cami, but uh, she's also a developer advocate for Fuel Labs. And um, we're going to dive more into modular blockchains and uh, some of the stuff that they provide. So anyone listening that wants to learn more about that, be sure to check that out as well. Um, so uh, what what sectors do you think that crypto has the most chance of, of disrupting. Uh, at the beginning, we know we talked a little bit about like the economics aspect of it um, and finance, right? I think it's already kind of disrupting finance a lot, right? With like DeFi. Yeah. Um, but is there any other like, you know, things that you think that crypto, you know, is going to help solve problems for? Um, you know, we had this whole like surge of like NFTs uh, and, you know, obviously NFTs are still kind of blowing up uh, with, with, you know, functionality, but do you think there's any like kind of sector specifically that you're kind of looking out for, uh, for blockchain that, that will kind of uh, continue to, or, or, uh, you know, help, uh, you know, disrupt. Yeah. I think one of the biggest ones is, uh, like I mentioned from the beginning, um, digital privacy is a big thing that, uh, 
I want I think people are taking more and more seriously. And one of the biggest, uh, let's say, holes in that system are social networks. They're, they're all used just to get all of your personal data and to use it to sell you ads or <laughs> psychologically program you into a different person. So yeah. honestly, I think uh, social media is a big one that I would like to see uh, Web3 like shake up. And of course, we've seen that with Lens Protocol. And uh, that's one of my biggest, one of my big... Um, things that I'm looking out for are uh, good social media tools coming out based on the lens protocol. So that's, that's definitely the biggest one so far. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of lens. Um, really excited to see what they're doing with like social graphs. And um, I, I just, I just wrote like a kind of a challenge uh, for growic.com, uh, which is going to help people kind of onboard into using lens. So if you're a developer, um, be sure to check that out. Nice. Um, there's also, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of cool stuff, I think, coming from lens. Um, and uh, like you said, I think social media is a huge one. Um, excited to see what what gets built. Um, uh, by the way, I'm also crypto mastery at lens. So make sure you follow me cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I think. Yeah. Mine so is uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Lens. All right, I'll keep an yeah. eye out. Are you also on Orb by chance? Do you, have you messed with Orb at all? Uh, I think I am, but just cursory. Not, I'm not super deep. I, I don't check okay. it that often. Yeah, Orb is just kind of like the LinkedIn, supposedly, of Web3. I, I haven't been messing with it too much, but uh, uh, it's quite yeah. interesting. Um, so uh, I know it's impossible to like tell what's going to happen with crypto. But where do you kind of see crypto going from here? Like, um, you know, we had a, we're obviously in a bear market and I'm not going to ask you about price, but like, um, wh where do you see the, the overall like technology going in the coming years? Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about some, some ideas of what you think is going to be important, but, um, how quickly do you think that we'll see some kind of, uh, movement, um, in, in adoption and stuff like that? That's, that's a big question. Uh, honestly, because it, it so goes up and down so quickly, I really can't tell. Uh, following like the news cycle last year, I think there were a couple of really big news about various bigger companies getting into Web3. I think uh, one that, that stuck in my mind is definitely Disney. Um, that that's using Polygon for some of their interactive experiences in Disney World across the world. So I think uh, once those big big names start actually outputting some Web three projects, then 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 we're really gonna see things take off. Um, but honestly, more and more. Uh, let's say well-established companies like Visa, MasterCard, Google are, are starting to take Web3 seriously. So I'm expecting that by this time end of the, like this time next year, let's say, or by the end of the year, uh, we're gonna see crypto as definitely something that people take a lot more seriously when all of those big names are, have adopted Web3 permanently. Yeah. And do you worry about um, like regulation or any of that 
you know, FUD that uh, causes the market to have issues? Honestly, yes. Uh, it, it, I think that that's, of course, going to be the biggest, uh, let's say, roadblock for, for Web3 this year and years to come, because uh, like it can regulation can shut down huge projects overnight. Um, but uh, I think like the technology is here to stay. So regulation, uh, it might slow it down, but I don't think it's stopping it anytime soon. So uh, it's gonna, it's a problem, but I don't see, I don't think that it's an insurmountable one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think uh, it would require some insane amount of uh, coordination, right, to to really stop what's happening uh, in the space. So, um, so you know, you've been in crypto for a while. Um, what advice would you give to someone that's listening in that you know wants to either work in crypto or just get even just get more knowledge about it and get more involved? Uh, uh, I would probably say um, start like go to speedrun Ethereum, start working on those projects. <laughs> uh, but other than that, honestly, start working on your small projects, even if it's literally just like a simple voting mechanism, like uh, tallying or something, anything like that you can start with and put your fingers in and just add one thing every let's say week or month uh, and soon enough you'll see that uh, you're more capable than you think uh, i think we people are super scared that they think that it's this huge obstacle but honestly uh, it i think it's super easy to get into crypto uh, it just takes some time and then it just clicks and you you're you feel a lot more comfortable working on any web3 project honestly yeah that's really good advice um i was listening to a podcast yesterday by uh, lex friedman and he interviewed mr beast uh you know you know mr beast right he's like the number yeah, one yeah. youtuber right uh he does these like crazy giveaways where he gives away like millions of dollars and houses and <clears throat> and one of the things kind of stood out that he said is you know, if you want to succeed in making YouTube videos, make an improvement on every single video a hundred times, right? So the first video, you know, you put it out there and the next one needs to be a little bit better audio. You know, the next one needs to have a better thumbnail. The next one needs to have better video editing. You know, the next one has to have a better script. Um, and I think what you just said is very interesting. And if you equate it to, you know, from a developer perspective or even just from crypto, like just do something in crypto every day. Like if you just do something a little bit different, you know, even if it's just going on Twitter and like reading a Twitter thread or, um, you know, in getting involved in a protocol, right? Like staking some ETH on Lido or, or taking a loan on Aave, right? Just like go out there and just yeah. get your, get your hands dirty. Right. Um, and it's just like, it's natural. It's, that's how we evolve as humans is we, we learn and it's a constant learning process. Right. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. That's the way I usually approach it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you do for fun? Like, do you have any like hobbies or, uh, you know, when you're not researching, uh, web three projects, uh, do you have any, like anything you like to do for fun? Yes. Um, 
I'm really into like weird keywords. <laughs> uh, I work, I make, uh, I'm trying to build my own mechanical keyword. Um, uh, other than that, uh, I cook a lot. That that's <laughs> especially now in the winter time. That's big been big, my biggest pastime. Uh, and uh, I think sport climbing. Uh, when I get the time to do it, that's that's a big passion of mine to to go into a climbing gym and just chill out there until I can't feel my hands anymore. <laughs> Oh wow! So you do like? Do you actually go climbing in uh, nature as well usually, or is it just in the uh, gym? No, just in the gym for now. I'm hoping next by next summer I can feel more like comfortable enough to go into nature. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little sketchy climbing. I I personally am afraid of heights. So when I was a kid, we used to go to the uh, there was like an old airport hangar or something. I don't remember. And they had converted it into a, a wall, right? And uh, I could like barely make it past like 10 feet, you know? And I'm like, I got to get out of here, you know? I can't do it. <laughs> um, so that's, that's impressive. I, I think it's a cool thing to do. And it's really healthy, right? Um, uh, I was talking to someone the other day, like, it's good to have some kind of like active thing that you do like outside of, especially if you're in crypto, because you're like, you're on the phone on Twitter or you're on the computer writing, you know, Solidity code or, yeah. um, so that's really <laughs> cool that you do something like that. Um, is it, by the way, is it cold there in Serbia right now? I assume it's pretty, pretty uh, right cold now, now we're, we're having a pretty warm winter compared to you know, what we're used to. Like it's around 10 degrees Celsius, uh, but we're used to getting minus 10 by this time. So I'm enjoying that. It's not that cold. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds cold. I, I don't do well in the cold. I, I lived in Seattle for like a year and it was it rain it only it snows for like a month there not even like it doesn't really even like straight for a month but like it gets cold and uh, i just don't do well in the cold <laughs> um, yeah, me neither I, i'm a california boy you know born and raised so um so yeah so uh yeah I, for the rest of the year you got some events planned um is there anywhere that you like really are excited about going in terms of like crypto conferences this year no, I'm still, I think I'm still waiting for, to see where DevCon is going to be this year. Uh, but uh, this year, I think I'm going to be more static, let's say. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to be going to a lot of conferences. Uh, but so, yeah. Yeah, that's good, though. I mean, it gives you some time to, you know, get some work done. And uh, uh, I think I think you're right. It's, it's going to be the same thing for me. Uh, I have a new kid on the way, so he's going to be taking up a lot of my time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I can feel you there. Um, and plus, it's nice to be home. You know, last last year was mm -hmm. pretty crazy for me, and I think you as well. You were probably at a lot of events. So awesome. Well, uh, uh, Kuki, uh, where can people get more information about yourself, and where can they learn more about three three two seven? Yeah, so uh, I'm usually on Twitter <laughs> a lot. I may not post a lot, but trust me, I'm lurking. <laughs> uh, so it's cookie underscore MVP. Uh, and also you can see a lot more from our team at 3327 underscore IO uh, on Twitter. So there, there you can find other cool people from my team and feel free to say hi. 
Awesome. Yeah. And for anyone listening, I'll make sure that we leave those links in the description uh, or in the show notes. So you guys can easily click on those. Um, Cookie, thank you so much again for coming on. It's really been awesome to talk with you. Like your insights are just like amazing to me uh, because you're kind of, you know, in the weeds with this stuff. So, and I'm sure all the listeners are really excited to, uh, to get the information that you've been able to get them today. So thanks so much, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun to talk about all of this. Anytime. And uh, anyone listening, be sure to subscribe and uh, hope to catch you guys next time.